Hello and welcome to another episode of Baby Steps, the first steps to understanding the paradox of parenting and education and development and everything about children. Daniela Chiang is my name. I am an early childhood education specialist by passion and profession and I'm here for kids. So I hope you've been good. I will continue to ask and hope you've been good throughout this corona period and I hope things are getting better. I hope your relationships are improving at home. I hope we are bonding more with our kids. And so now this is more of a build up from or the last time I talked and which was about words that wound and when children wonder their worth. So from the topic, um, which is healthy self-esteem or narcissism, I think it's important to put a disclaimer here. There's a stark difference between a child with low self-esteem and one who is introverted, quiet, and prefers to be alone most of the time. Because one is a lack of confidence and the other is just nature. Neither does good self-esteem mean outgoing and willing to dance and perform in front of a multitude. I had to put that out because I have seen one too many parents force their kids to take part in activities on school stages and church pulpits because so-and-so's child is doing the same. You know, forcing them to be what they're not or what they're not comfortable, honestly... It's time to stop! No more! We honestly need to stop that behavior. Let our children be. And to clarify my title, I will define what both self-esteem and narcissism is. I'm sure we've heard of both of them, maybe not as much of the second term. So they both have many definitions. So I'll give what I resonated with most. So I like what psychologist Nathaniel Brandon's definition of self-esteem is, which is, and I quote, the disposition to experience oneself as being competent to cope with the basic challenges of life and of being worthy of happiness. It is confidence in the efficacy of our mind, in our ability to think. By extension, it is a confidence in our ability to learn, make appropriate choices and decisions, and respond effectively to change. It is also the experience that success, achievement, fulfillment, happiness are right and natural for us. Okay. I know that that was a mouthful. So in short, it's just about being able to appropriately deal with life's challenges, knowing that you deserve to be happy, believing that you are enough to achieve what you need and to make the right decisions. And you, I will emphasize, you are responsible for your own happiness. No one else is. Why I had to clarify this is because many people mistake self-esteem for just feeling good about oneself, which is false because, I mean, drugs make people feel good about themselves but doesn't mean it builds esteem. Self-esteem is an experience and not a feeling, just like love. Uh, narcissism, on the other hand, is esteeming oneself above and greater than others. It's founded on selfishness, feeling entitled to special treatment, which is a lot of what we are seeing right now, lack of empathy towards others, demanding admiration, inability to take criticism, and is actually a mental disorder. Yes, there's a narcissistic disorder. It also includes an excessive need for admiration. You disregard others' feelings and you're not able or you feel like you're entitled, like it's your right. You have to get respect from people. You have to be loved by people. You have to be appreciated. That's what it means. So a child's confidence or self-esteem evolves from developing what is called like a healthy self-esteem and why do I mention healthy obviously because there's one that is unhealthy the type of person who likes putting others down to be noticed or to get ahead the narcissist I think you get the point 
And there's also always the danger of raising a narcissist. How? Well, giving unrealistic compliments like, oh, you're the prettiest in the whole world. What happens when they grow older? They see the world's definition of beauty, become a teenager and realize they're not even close to being the middle. That breeds a host of issues. Their self-esteem will be crushed because now boys or girls will be complimenting um, some of the like drop dead beauties or hunks that they're going to see and they'll never get the same compliments and then they'll start thinking my parents lied to me because oh my goodness out here like there's actually gorgeous people so like where's the balance I mean tell them they are beautiful like for themselves they are like tell them in your own way you're gorgeous you know something like that I think you get my point there's another classic oh you're the smartest hey dude what happens if they get to school or uni or work and then they realize they are like real geniuses out there they actually start to feel that they're probably just as smart as a mini brain cell in the brain of this excellent student so what i'm trying to say is like let's be realistic with our compliments we also don't want them getting bitter or angry with others that they find quote-unquote better than them because such they will find just teach them to be content with who they are and stretch to be the best they can be without hurting themselves or hurting others one thing I loved about how my mom would counter people who tried to compare us with their children, which by the way, I don't get why parents see the need to do this comparing, like honestly. Anyway, to such parents, my mom would always say, my children don't compete with others. They set their own standards. <laughs> yeah. So there are quite a number of things that affect a child's, actually everybody's self-esteem. Um, sometimes it has to do with parental issues, whether it's a separation, divorce, or whether the parents, they get a lot of disapproval for parents or other authority figures, if the parents are emotionally unavailable, when there's bullying and there's no protection or intervention from adults, whether there's sexual, physical, or emotional abuse, whether there's, they have experiencing difficulties in academics and those weaknesses are being highlighted either by parents, peers, or teachers. When there's guilt associated with religion, this is actually a big one. Thing of telling your kid, if you do this, you're going to go to hell or God will stop loving you. Can we please not lie to our children like this? And let's stop using religion to make kids behave quote-unquote better because now they grow up to hate religion. They grow up to feel like God is just out there to punish them and that's not how it's supposed to be. Another thing that affects is the social beauty standards. And realistic goal setting, which I've mentioned, this is harbored a lot by there from parents' expectations. I expected you to do this. You should have any. Why have you not? Yes. Genetics also plays a lot about it. Personality, whether they're having health issues, their thoughts, and also comparing themselves to others and feel the need to approve, get approval from others. I can't emphasize enough that building your child's self-esteem needs to be grounded on reality, not on exaggeration, not an expectation reality not on superficiality like you're the best you're the smartest you're the fastest until they meet a usain bolt and then what happens let's be realistic i talk about this because self-esteem is a craze that occupies every parent's heart which makes sense i mean we do want our children to be able to conquer their, their world and be happy and make good decisions and then so on back in the 80s and 90s in the western world there was a craze about self-esteem which was indirectly rooted by a social psychologist called Roy Baumeister and then taken over by John Vasconcelos who was a politician and took it to like a whole new level. 
he actually started a movement that some governments picked up because he believed that self-esteem caused many personal and societal problems. The reasons why there were high crime rates, violence, teenage delinquency, and so on, was he believed because people had low self-esteem. Unfortunately, that was later dismissed as not true, but that was after quite a number of years of the movement taking quite a number of nations by storm. I mean, schools changed curriculums to including building self-esteem, books were released, parents told their kids all sorts of nice and confidence-building things during that time. But even if we look at prisons and rehabs, they are filled with kids from that generation. Now, does that mean that Vasconcelos was wrong? I don't believe so, because tests on self-esteem done to prisoners did show it was really low. Their self-esteem was really low. But what could he have missed? Why is it that building self-esteem never reduced crime rates or drugs or immorality or anything? So when I continued to research about it, I realized that his point of focusing on self-esteem was not the problem. It was his definition of self-esteem. So what he thought self-esteem meant, which is what many of us think, is that it's quote-unquote feeling good about oneself. But that isn't it. So the movement failed. Children and teenagers and adults did not change. I mean, people were smart, beautiful, wealthy, but still never demonstrated what we would term as actual self-esteem. And moral standards continue to go lower and lower as years continue to pass by. There's a lot of responsibility that is placed on parents in building our children's self-esteem, but we are not so solely responsible for their self-esteem development. Biology plays a huge role in it. What do I mean by biology? Well, we inherit personality and character traits from our parents, some, some of these things. So, for example, research proves that children that come from families that have records of depression tend to be more prone to developing depression themselves. You can find out that on your, by yourself if you have a bit of doubts. So, it's the same thing with self-esteem. So, as parents, we also need to watch the traits we are building for ourselves and how we respond to life situations and our own self-esteem as it will affect our children, making it easier or harder for them to cope with life due to genetic disposition. And then you have to add on that what life will naturally throw at them. But ultimately, the child is an individual. Their everyday choices and decisions influence what they grow and become. The much we can do as adults and parents is help foster it, and let them know that they are fully responsible for their choices and decisions and should not bank on others to make them feel happy or feel worthy. And we must also model, important to model these healthy behaviors of showing them that we as adults can handle life's challenges appropriately. Not saying that you have to be happy all the time, but you're handling it appropriately. Make good decisions as much as we can and avoid saying things like so-and-so made me angry or sad because they did not. They did something that you did not like or appreciate, and you responded by getting angry or sad. When we learn to take responsibility for these actions, we reduce the blame game. Oh, I broke a glass because I was angry. No, you chose to react by breaking the glass. How many people get angry and don't break glasses or insult or hit? This will teach that you are responsible for your actions. And also, it will help them learn to enjoy spending. I think it's an important thing to teach our kids that they need to learn to enjoy spending time alone so that they don't bank on always being with others as life support machines. Because Corona has also forced us to realize and adapt to this 
So teach them not to bank also on compliments and approval from others. Yes, they make these compliments make us feel good, but it shouldn't be what makes us feel happy about ourselves. It shouldn't be what makes us feel worthy and complete human beings. We create our own happiness. Whether someone likes us or not, we should still be happy, reminding them ourselves that I am enough. God made me whole and capable of being satisfied with myself. I will do my best to do my best, and I will strive on not letting what others say to get to me. This does not mean that we are immune to hurtful things said and done by others or not achieving what we want, but it means that I will fall, pick myself up, shake off the dust and try again and remind myself that I am responsible for my life. I control my own weather and I need to move on with life. We move on regardless. When our children learn this, they will learn not to be slaves to praise. They won't think they are better than everyone else. They won't blame everyone for their life as many do. You know, when I hear grown-ups still blaming their parents for how they turned out as adults, I am usually very, very shocked. I mean, I know our parents played some role in our upbringing, but they did not tell us to start abusing drugs when we are angry or fight when we are upset. They did not tell us to get fired because we got angry and abused our bosses. They did not tell us or force us to engage in risky behavior because we are looking for some love that we didn't get from them. Many, many, many children went through similar worst childhood experiences than we did, but they grew up and decided that they will not let life continue to treat them badly. They grew up and decided they won't let the past negatively affect their present and future. They will change the narrative for their own sake and for those they will bring into the world and those they will interact with. This is for us as adults. Get over your past. Get over what was done to you or not done to you. If it's difficult, please find a good counselor and let them walk you through the process and then move on. I mean, aren't you tired of what became of your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents? Don't you want a different narrative, a good one, a healthy one, one that others will be inspired by, one that your children will be proud to be a part of? History only repeats itself when we allow it. God says his plans for us are good and perfect, but you do know that he can never force anything on us. We have to choose to go by his good plans. And when we realize and teach our children that their life is a choice, their decisions and the outcomes are their choice, we will well be on our way to raising healthy adults. You know, being in an organization that I have seen built from the ground upwards, the analogy that you cannot build a wall by taking bricks down because you'll be destroying it applies to our children too. That's why responsibility largely lies on parents for bringing up a child's self-esteem, especially when they're younger. You cannot build their confidence or esteem by criticizing them. Otherwise, you'll be distracting them. This is like what I talked about in the previous episode, words that wound, and bringing them down, insulting them, undermining their efforts, criticizing them, harshly pointing out their weaknesses. These are all outs of these are all acts of taking bricks out and using the same analogy of bricks when a brick is 40 and weak it has to be removed from the wall being constructed but it has to be done carefully and thoughtfully that's the same thing with our kids even if there's something we want to correct in them it's how we do it not just pulling out the brick in one of my episodes one of the first first episodes I ever did I talked about emotional bank accounts, which run like normal bank accounts with deposits and withdrawals. And the dangers of constantly withdrawing is like you're going to get broke at some point if you're not depositing. So it's the same thing. 
when you're constantly withdrawing through our actions the criticisms and the effect imagine the amount of criticism our children receive from us and how much more they will possibly receive from the world i'm talking about peers teachers strangers and so on how much does that take away from the child and if the emotional bank account is not filled enough to keep them going and keep their head high then self-doubt and low self-esteem take over remember healthy self-esteem is not about f- a feeling it is an experience it is a process it is not established in a day or a year it is an everyday event it's something we take every day with us we grow through it we work through it it's not a one time fix it all and as i end i'd like us to leave us with this quote by ann landers which says it is not what you do for your children but what you have taught them to do for themselves that will make them a successful human being that's it for me bye